This podcast brought to you by Earthlink. It's Friday, March 31st, 2006. I'm Molly Wood. I'm Tom Merritt. Welcome to Buzz Out Loud, CNET's podcast of indeterminate length. No episode number. This is a special issue edition of Buzz Out Loud featuring our fabulous guest. Thank you so much, Craig Newmark. You may know him as the creator of Craig's List. Hi, Craig. How's it going? Oh, just uh, busy as usual. I'm uh, immersed in customer service. Are you actually in San Francisco right now? Oh, yeah. I'm in the inner sunset in the uh, old building we have. Just uh, plugging away. I've torn myself from the screen because otherwise I wouldn't be able to focus. Well, thank you. Uh, we, appreciate <laughs> we appreciate that. that. I ran into Craig on an air- airplane ride back from South by Southwest, and he was busily checking his mail using Pine. <laughs> Which I think Tom went ahead and, and put on the forums because it was so exciting. I was quite impressed with that. Yeah. Well, I'm old enough to not only use Pine, but as I used to joke, when I started computing, I had to make my own bits. And then later on, I realized I was being literal because I used punch cards. Uh, <laughs> yeah, actually. So hence the uh, phrase, punch in the code. Yeah. So uh, one of your big uh, issues uh, has been citizen journalism lately, uh, and we have a lot of bloggers in our audience, which is one of the reasons I wanted to have you on, uh, to talk a little bit about blogs and the difference between the people who do blogs just for their own online diary and the people who are actually, either intentionally or not, finding themselves sort of in the role of journalists. Yeah. The uh, problem here has to do with the words that people are using. Anyone who tells a story about what's going on is in some sense a journalist. There are different levels of professionalism, and we're finding a lot of bloggers showing a very high degree of journalism. The only substantive difference in some respects regarding blogging and what we think of as journalism is that, like in newspapers, somebody writes something, then it's fact-checked, it's edited, and then published. Among blogs, There are some folks who adhere to that model, but a lot of folks, including myself, who uh, publish first, and then, well, in some cases, we wind up getting corrected. That's happened to me recently. And and that is one of the beauties of the blog, is the ability to just kind of go with your thoughts out front, but it does provide those problems. Tell us a little bit about what happened to you, then. Well, basically, I expressed an opinion about a week ago about some of the controversy, including paid uh, digitally signed mail being passed through, say, uh, an ISP spam filters. I weighed in. I wasn't clear enough that this was just the beginning of an idea. I received some uh, well-deserved criticism, which is pretty good. Uh, The objective was achieved, that is, I've stimulated some uh, discussion that there are alternatives to the service, and it's moving ahead. So what are, some of the, uh, what are some of the safeguards that people could put in place that would give the bloggers and the people who really do want to be a citizen journalist uh, more respectability, more control, quality control, so to speak, uh, without ruining that first-person feel that, that blogs give you? Well, I think what people are starting to do is build mechanisms online which will use collaborative filtering to help people locate the most trustworthy versions of news stories. And that will include blogs, because bloggers often aren't subject to some of the same pressures other uh, publishers are in terms of, let's say, sitting on stories that are real sensitive. 
you know, maybe the best example of this was the whole story of a wire of a warrantless wiretapping, where the New York Times sat on that for a while. The idea is that while bloggers aren't subject to some of the same uh, quality control, mainstream news is. Sometimes things get published by bloggers that other people are afraid to publish. Now, collaborative filtering could work both ways, though, right? I mean, it also could be a mob mentality where something that isn't actually true becomes very popular. We see that kind of happening sometimes on things like Dig. Well, you're completely right. That's the deal that democracy works pretty well, but in the short term, well, the right kind of information warfare and disinformation can do some real damage. And that's why some of the folks seriously working uh, on this, like Jeff Jarvis and Upendra Chardon, they're trying to build mechanisms which will prevent the wisdom of crowds from becoming mob rule. Now, go ahead, no. Molly. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> I had a thought, and then I instantly lost it, and I apologize. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I will add that regarding the effort that these guys are doing, I'm a marginal player in that, because I do think it's really important to help, well, drive traffic to newspaper sites and so on online. But it's also important to get the uh, best stuff out and made more visible. Along those lines, I've even talked to the folks at Fact Check, because they do a great job of fact-checking big stories, and I'm hoping they're going to play a larger role in the future. Well, one thing to consider, and I don't think a lot of people realize this, it wasn't until the 50s that there really was a unified code of ethics for media, for newspapers, journal- uh, newspapers television, radio, that, that really tried to nail it down and make it so that newspapers were publishing objectively and factually. And uh, previous to that, especially in the 1800s and 1700s, newspapers worked under the same sort of situation that you have with bloggers, where a lot of people just ran with stories uh, without a lot of checking, without a lot of editorial oversight. Yeah, there's been a number of big uh, evolutionary events in American journalism that I know a bit about. Uh, Early newspapers just tended to be political screeds, and at one point a lot of them became just advertising sheets. Well, I the wonder... newspapers have made a, a great attempt at uh, objectivity. The thing is that that effort, as uh, Dean Gilmore uh, points out, hasn't worked out very well. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you see it in the form of objectivity may consist of two guys on the opposite sides of an issue. Well, that may be, uh, let's say, somebody's idea of objectivity, and yet the reporters involved will know that one of the guys is lying really badly and won't challenge him. Dan is a real expert in this matter. I'm an amateur. <laughs> so um, speaking of newspapers, I read recently that Craigslist has had uh, an unbelievable impact on newspaper revenue, something to the tune of $100 million lost, I believe. <laughs> so um, and in their case, and obviously um, that makes you a bit of an expert in sort of the effect that the web can have on traditional media. I wonder, are you worried at all about Google sounding like they're going to come into the Craigslist space? Like, what's your next big sort of competitive concern, if you have one? Well, two points. Now that people know how much (laughs) damage they can do. Well, two points. First is that the effects that we've had on classified advertising has been very greatly exaggerated. We do have an effect, but uh, journalists and publishers and industry analysts tell me that the newspapers do have much bigger problems. 
And yet they're a really important resource, particularly involving uh, investigative journalism. And, you know, I'm trying to uh, help a little bit with that, but again, I'm an amateur at this. The second point is that we don't regard ourselves as competing with anyone. We're providing a, a community service. Other good people, like the folks at Google, are doing uh, similar efforts, and I figure anything that helps people out is a good thing. Got 10 friends with computers? It's a safe bet nine of them have spyware. And you might, too. Get a free spyware scan from Earthlink today. Just visit earthlink.net. Well, I know that uh, in this room, I think all of us have gotten some job or apartment or both off of Craigslist, so you certainly helped us. (laughs) Hey, I appreciate your uh, saying so. (laughs) Whatever happened to the Link Foundation that that splintered off in the early days? (laughs) Well... In 98, I was uh, persuaded to try to run Craigslist with volunteers. And for a while, we called ourselves the List Foundation. List Foundation, thank you. Yeah. That, that turned out just to be a bad idea. Uh, sometimes you got to get, you know, serious people in a serious company to do serious work. Uh, fortunately, some folks at the end of uh, 98 helped get me out of denial, one of whom is a guy who, well, was at CNET at the time. And they just cornered me and told me, hey, uh, Craig, uh, get real. Anybody we know? (laughs) (laughs) I think he was formerly in the HR. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah, if you wanted to touch real quickly on, uh, you mentioned it briefly, the AOL email, good mail uh, prioritization. Uh, We've talked about it quite a bit on Buzz Out Loud. And I know that you're sort of helping to lead the charge against AOL. But not just saying AOL, don't do it, you're wrong. Trying to provide an alternative to what their plan is. Uh, Can you explain a little bit about that for us? Well, I'm talking to people, uh, the postmasters at a few big ISPs, about what makes sense in this space, how to do things right. And since I do customer service full-time, I uh, have the same perspective they do. Um, Having, let's say, digitally signed email from signed by trusted, uh, oh, certifiers, That'll be, that'll be helpful, but it should be more than just one. And I don't think AOL should be charging any part, but any legitimately signed email should go through okay. Having said that, I've only touched upon the issue. There's a lot more to go. Uh, I've also uh, raised the issue of priorities. That is, I speak to a lot of postmasters and abuse handling departments at a lot of big ISPs, and they all tell me that they really want to do a good job but that they're also really badly uh, understaffed. And let's do first things first. Let's uh, beef up the people who are handling, uh, well, what eBay calls trust and safety situations. Let's get that going first, and let's not get ourselves distracted by uh, other priorities, which are important. But, well, first things first. So you think the the idea of just staffing and executing uh, email staffs at the ISPs would would clear up a lot of this? Well, let's say that they'll help out with a lot of uh, bigger problems. Um, for example, there are people who are, well, persistent uh, scammers or spammers and trolls of all sort on the uh, net. There's not many compared to the vast bulk of people on the net who are good and trustworthy and okay. But the deal is I need to get help, for example, in my own work from a lot of uh, ISPs, and they really want to help, 
but they don't have nearly enough people to help out. I'm sure you're very familiar with the uh, trolls and flamers and, and whatnot dealing with them at Craigslist. Well, I do it uh, hands-on, and I've been known, for example, to chase uh, scammers or whatever from hosting service to hosting service. I get them shut down in one place, they pop up in another, and then uh, I proceed. Now, I do that a lot. I should say that uh, my whole team here does a lot more. I'm just feeling a little weary sometime uh, <laughs> because I'm beginning to feel like some cops who have been too long on the job. <laughs> too long on the beat. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. I think we've got an idea for a TV show now. Well, we will uh, let you get back to work. Thanks we... again, Craig. Keep fighting the good fight. Hey, thanks. I really appreciate it. Great. Have a good day. You guys take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.